Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Tom Korski, Blacklock's executive editor. It's been a little while since Mr. Korski has been on this program, and uh, I missed our conversations. Well, that's, that's a very kind thing to say, Roy. Thank you. It's truthful. So, there are lots of things to talk about, Tom, that you cover at Blacklock's, and I was... I was paying close attention to what you're saying, and I just spoke with Sherry Arsenault about the issue of drunk driving. Her son uh, was killed by a, a drunk driver traveling at 200 kilometers an hour, almost, a few years ago. And uh, we've had the situation in Ottawa, where first the Supreme Court of Canada struck down as unconstitutional, as you write, black locks, a provision that self-induced intoxication was no criminal offense. So let's give the government credit for what credit is due. They rewrote it, rewrote the legislation, and they all got together, and they passed it. So um, it's so unusual, isn't it, to see politicians being able to move so fast? It's interesting, wasn't it? They passed that bill in uh, seven days, pillar to post, Roy. They they got through all committee hearings, all votes, all debates, seven days, start, middle, and ending. And the bill was signed into law on Friday night. Interesting about uh, impaired driving. Overall rates are down for drunk drivers. Interestingly, since marijuana was legalized, rates of drug-impaired driving have gone through the roof. Legislators were warned at the time when Parliament legalized recreational cannabis back in 2018. They said, don't do it. Police warned, we don't have the uh, men on the ground. You are asking for trouble. And the drug-impaired driving rates have absolutely gone up spectacularly. Yeah. No, as you say, no surprise. Um, I, I'm also looking at the... Uh, I, I don't mean any disrespect to anyone, but I'm looking at the, uh, the robes of the Supreme Court justices... They are unusual, aren't they? So you're saying it doesn't it does it doesn't inspire confidence. I think what makes me saying, think of a makes me think of a Santa Claus a department store Santa Claus. I think what you're saying, Roy, is what I'm what I'm picking up is that you're saying if they if they wore black robes, that would infer sobriety, a depth. But when they wear the Santa robes with <laughs> Party time. <laughs> it is. A picture's worth a thousand words. Isn't it? <laughs> it is. Oh, just just wear business clothing. I mean, it, I'm sure these 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 robes had significance once upon a time. And they, they I'm sure they still do historically, but really when you just look at it, you say, "Hmm. Okay, remind me not to dress that way." So, <laughs> Mr. Korsky, we always find something to laugh about, don't we? Let's get well, something here. Really it's, 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 it beats the alternative, doesn't it? It does. So what's the story here about spending $3.1 million on a tree planting program announced in 2019, and they haven't planted a tree? How is that possible? Department of Natural Resources, in a house tabling, was asked, uh, way back in 2019, Cabinet promised they would plant 2 billion trees over 10 years which is a pretty uh, tension-getting number, 2 billion trees over 10 years. What they didn't mention is it's a law in Canada has been for many years. If you cut a tree, you must plant a tree. Logging companies, logging companies over 10 years would plant 6 billion trees. We have a lot of trees in Canada, trees no problem. 
But the Department of Natural Resources was asked since 2019, tell us about this tree planting campaign. They said, well, we spent $3.1 million. We, they hired a publicist. They hired management consultants. You can't plant trees without those. <laughs> they, they hired IT specialists. They spent $3.1 million. Most of that went for salaries and payments to contractors. Number of trees planted by the Department of Natural Resources was zero. So it, it got complicated, Roy. It just reminds me of the story of the guy who's driving really slowly on the in a traffic jam, and he's in the inside lane, the curb, and on the sidewalk there's a little patch where trees are planted, and he's seeing two guys, and one guy working for the city, one guy's digging a hole, and the other guy's filling it in. Maybe you've heard this one, and they drive a little further. Guy digs a hole, while the guy fills it in. The guy in the car finally says, I have to find out what's going on. And he said, what are you doing? You're filling in, you're digging the hole and you're filling it in. And they said, well, the guy who puts the tree in the hole is sick today. <laughs> W.A.C. Bennett, a legendary <laughs> premier of British Columbia, used to call it cross-piling sawdust. He used to tell his cabinet ministers, according to legend, I want you out of the office at 5 o'clock. Don't tell me how hard your life is. No cross-piling sawdust. And, and that paints a vivid picture. You never forget it sure that. Does. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What's the story about uh, Catherine McKenna and uh, the weather app that she said was super cool? It was super cool. It was announced uh, two years ago, cost unknown. And it was going to be an app that would allow people to be uh, uh, receive tornado warnings, everyday forecasts, blizzard watches, you name it. And about 715,000 people downloaded this Environment Canada app. It was great. It was super cool, quote-unquote, said then-Minister McKenna. Well, we see in new documents table in the House that the app allows the Department of Environment to actually track the locations of people who used it. They say there was informed consent. That's a problem. Uh, e even the Privacy Commissioner said, Roy, don't give us those little click boxes in tiny print. That's not informed consent. Informed consent would be, look at, we can send you the forecast that you could look up anyway, but in exchange, we're going to store your email in a government database, and we're going to track all your movements. How's that sound? That, they didn't say that. 715,000 people, right? Yeah. Well, uh, Ms. McKenna also, when she was, uh, I'm not sure what the portfolio was, but she said some, I think it was 50,000 public infrastructure projects had begun. And uh, I spoke with a parliamentary um, um, budget, office. budget officer. Yves Giroux, yes. Yves Giroux, he's a fairly regular guest on this show. He's still waiting to find out what they are. Never found. <laughs> never, <laughs> never 50,000. You know, what, what do they do? Pick a number out of the air? Let's say 50,000. <laughs> Nobody's going to check. That's too big a number to check. Except the parliamentary budget officer says, well, I'm going to check. Funny, yeah. Harper created that office in his uh, first year in office, and no one really gave it much thought, and it's turned out to be one of the most profound reforms, the budget office. It yes. matters a lot, and I know everyday Canadians care about his reports. This guy is great. Giroux, fearless. Comes on the air and he says what he thinks. I always appreciate that. Dr. Tam got a raise. She did, the 22%. I guess she had a good year, right? Yes. <laughs> 22% raise. How do you do that? And... I don't know how you did. 
do, oh, I know spaghetti's I, up 20%, so I've I hope never you've got a 22% a, raise, Russ. I've never had a 22% raise in my life. No, I haven't either. 59,400, 59, right? That was the raise. She's up to almost a third of a million a year. Well, we're not including bonuses and expenses. $324,000 a year. That's and a three-year extension on her contract. Good money. That's very good money. Well, thank you, Dr. Tam, for what you provide us. And uh, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> these situations, <laughs> our conversations, we better never sit down and have a beer. We will get thrown out of wherever we are. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, you pick one, Tom, and then we'll... <laughs> We'll say that's it for this time. I have to say I'm fascinated by the uh, shenanigans of the passport office. Uh, every, the, everyone is, this is famous now, legendary. They, they, they monopolized uh, the issuance of passports. And then they complained when people started applying for passports. We discovered the agency that runs the passport office had 70% of employees working from home, Shared Services Canada. And they had uh, about 249 employees who were suspended because of the vaccine mandate. So here we are in the 21st century, and you see these famous, famous, uh, you know, stories at radio, television, newspapers about people waiting an average seven hours to get a passport in Canada in the 21st century. And here I thought we were going to be talking about, about moon colonies, right? I had no idea. <laughs> Who saw this coming? We're living in a moon colony. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my goodness. It's, uh, it never, never ends. And speaking of Dr. Tam's raise, 60 grand roughly. Isn't that the average salary for a family, average income for a family of four in this country? Or has it gone up a little bit? I think it's uh, in the they, ballpark. Uh, are losing ground. We see, actually, through Stats Canada, some absolutely stark data. Uh, over one in four Canadians surveyed now borrowing money from friends, family, or Mr. Visa and MasterCard for everyday living expenses like food, 27%, literally watching their standard of living crumble before their very eyes. It's going to be, uh, Roy, I know you remember the summer of 81. Uh, my contemporaries and I discussed that often. What a horrible and unforgettable year that was. And you can see it rolling out before our eyes. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.